0: Huh. Man, well, you I never
1: tell me. My fault. You can tell other people, but you can't tell me. <laughs>
0: Welcome to the gambling shack. I'm yours truly, Bobby Beats. Uh follow uh on me on Twitter at uh yeah. alongside my man Gabe Myers. Follow him at follow him on Twitter at G underscore Myers33. What's going on, Gabe?
1: Man, uh. man, we're covering covering some basketball out here in New Mexico. It's been a week, right. a lot of traveling, a lot of basketball traveling again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So we we're talking about for the show. I forgot to eat today, so kind of that about summarizes where I uh, where I am right now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, not my, uh, not the greatest thing I've done, but, hey, we're here. We made it. Mm-hmm. I'm alive and well. I'm relatively healthy. Um, so, so can't complain, although I will complain a little bit. Arsenal couldn't freaking score today. Ruined <laughs> one of the future bets I had. We're in the Europa League. Up twice, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang goes off the post. Mm-hmm. Twice off the post, either one goes in. I'm a slightly happier man sitting here before you, but that's the way the cookie crumbles, Rob. Yep. That's I mean, way.
0: hey, I mean, you know, sometimes you you place these future bets, and um, you know, they they don't pan out. They don't pan out, especially these prop bets. Speaking of prop and future bets, let's um. The draft, the NFL draft was last week. Couple surprises. I
1: have a beef. beef.
0: Okay. We'll we'll get to your beef later. Uh, Especially that third pick um, for the San Francisco 49ers. I don't know. I was going to say another team. San Francisco 49ers. Um, I was like, okay. Third pick. We knew who the top two were. We knew Trevor was going to Jacksonville. We knew young, young, young Zach Wilson. It looked like he was 16 up there. He was yeah. going to the New York Jets. That third pick, I was like, man, Justin Fields. You got to go Justin Fields, Kyle Shanahan, the West Coast offense. You got to go Justin Fields. And I'm hearing some rumbling, you know, Trey Lance, Trey Lance, Trey Lance. I said, no, no, I don't. I don't hear Trey. I don't hear Trey right now. Justin Fields got to be the guy to go to San Francisco. And here's the third pick, Trey Lance, North Dakota State. That's like right You told me, you said, Rob, don't count out Trey Lance. Do not count him out. He's Kyle Shanahan's type of player, very athletic, can move around the pocket, can make some good throws. Do not count him out. Well, I counted him out because I did not expect him to be third pick of the 2021 NFL Draft. I had my Danetto on Justin Fields, but unfortunately, he slid all the way down due to a trade up by the Chicago Bears at 13th overall. And um, yeah, he got he got selected, but um, yeah, that was my little beef. What's your beef?
1: So now I have two beefs. My first one was we didn't do the podcast a couple weeks ago. And you know this because you see our little prep sheet here. Yep. One of my future bets was Trey Lance plus 400 to the 49ers. Yep. yep it was. was it not? It was. So that, that but my, my real beef is my lock of the week last week was under 13 and a half defensive players taken. With four picks remaining in the first round, I just mm-hmm. needed one more offensive player to go. There had been 10 defensive players selected in the first 28 picks. If one of the last four is an offensive player, really? I hit that. Four defenders in the last four picks. <laughs> four defenders in the last four picks. Yeah. That's my beef. It's like, man, no one – Green Bay, you had to take a corner. You couldn't get Rodgers another wide receiver? Nah. You had to <laughs> – you had to piss him off even more, even if it's not air riding work. Jordan Love could use some help. We've seen more UFOs than we've seen a Jordan Love in the last year, man. Yeah. It's, <laughs> he, that man's going to need some help if he's going to be the quarterback of the Packers next year. Um, yeah, so that was my beef. The last four picks, all defensive players. I mean, I get it. I mean, Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. they're, you know, they didn't have any needs, whatever. Mm-hmm. Try on best player on the board, fine. Baltimore took, I, I said on the last week's podcast, they have two first-round picks. One will be a receiver. One will probably be a defensive guy. That's the way it worked out. Um, I thought Green Bay would take a receiver. What I say last week, for the love of God, get Aaron Rodgers some help, get him a second receiver? Um, I, I guess not. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I guess not. Uh, and then who was the other one? Buffalo. I actually like Buffalo's pick. They drafted Gregory Rousseau. Uh, I was really disappointed in Packers. That's who I was really disappointed in. Because they were thinking, I was like, all right, just get Rodgers uh, some help. Nah. <laughs> that's right. So that's where I was disappointed. That, that's my beef. Uh, shout out, Mac Jones, over three and a half. That uh, past flying colors. Did not see Rayshon Slater. Fall into thirteen the way that he did. Uh, that yeah. was shocking to me. Uh, don't really have a beef with that. That you know, corners went early, and then Chicago traded up, and you know, you got. I thought Carolina would take him. That was my. I just I just thought Carolina would take him. True. Um. So that was uh. No, but it was a fun. It, you know, that was a that draft was a lot of fun. You know, with the quarterback, that was a lot of fun. But so, you know, first fifteen picks there with the quarterbacks, man. Yeah. If Mac Jones didn't go to the Patriots, does Mac Jones go in the first round? I'm curious to see what that alternate universe looks like.
0: Okay, yeah, maybe,
1: maybe the Packers would have taken another quarterback. I don't know,
0: but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, um, yeah.
1: but that's a uh, Washington, Maybe Washington would have went up and what would, would have grabbed Mac. I'm uh, I'm curious to see that alternate universe if Mac slips past the Patriots because like I talked about, I've never I haven't bought into him. Um, curious to see where he would have fallen. Um That's my. I, I'm just curious. I wonder. We get. I. W- I, w- I. would love to like talk to someone on the inside and just ask them that question. Like, look, if Matt, if the Patriots didn't select Mac, who was going to? Yeah, yeah. everyone just assumed the 49ers are going to take him. Everyone just assumed. Also, I'm gonna place a futures bet right now before we go into these picks. I'm gonna put a futures bet in right now. The 2023 Super Bowl champion, San Francisco 49ers, with quarterback Trey Lance.
0: Okay, there go Gabe. You're talking crazy. Unfortunately,
1: Uh, those odds aren't up yet. Um, (laughs) I think they want to get through the 2022 Super Bowl before we bet on the 2023 Super Bowl. Just, man, just bureaucratic nonsense over there.
0: I guess the surprise for me for the NFL draft was I, I guess Jamar Chase going to Cincinnati. I know he was the best available player. You Did it? I not
1: tell you he was going to go to Cincinnati?
0: You called heart. it. You called it. Joe Burrow called it. Zach Taylor called it. Everybody called it. But I was like, Joe Burrow leg was on the other side. Like, it, like it, it he needed alignment. I, I thought Sewell from Oregon would have been the perfect pick right there, honestly. I didn't I, – I get the LSU connection. I get they had the most – probably one of the best incredible college football team and year that any team has ever had in 2019. I get all that. But I was like, yo, Joe girl, you need some protection, especially from your blind side. You need some protection. I didn't understand the Jamar Chase pick. I understand he was the best available player at that time. I thought he would slide a little bit to Miami. And unfortunately for my future bet that I had Devontae going to Giants, because I followed you. I was like, oh, Devontae Smith might go to the Giants and Jalen Waddle. I had him going to the Eagles. None of that happened, by
1: the way. No. But I didn't,
0: didn't,
1: I didn't think what threw everything off was Miami taking Waddle. Yeah. That's what that's kind of what threw everything off. Was, I thought Miami would go with the linemen. I thought they'd go protect to a and Cincinnati, I think they should have taken Sewell or Slater, but again, it's the Bengals don't it's gotta make any type of sense. Um so that's uh yeah, that's um that that was my that was kind of what ruined my Slater one. Was I think my having him fall past Miami because now I'm convinced the Lions would have taken Slater at seven had Sewell gone in the top six.
0: True, I yeah, I can agree.
1: I think so. I think because I was convinced he wouldn't slip past Carolina.
0: Mm -hmm. And I said,
1: even with the Lions, I was like, I have no clue what the Lions are gonna do, but it looks like the Lions they were. They went a lot on the lines of scrimmage in this draft. So I think had Sewell already been gone, I think they would just went and drafted Slater. And the Lions have a history of drafting dudes from the Big Ten in the first round. That's what they like to do. That's their, that's their geographic region, you know, being in Michigan. You know, they're, they're Big mm-hmm. Ten country out there. So that's who they, you know, that's who they get to look at the most. So, and Slater, Northwestern, Big Ten guy. Um, so that was a, that was kind of shocking to me. But we can go into our picks now instead of harping on the opportunities gained and lost of last week. We can look forward now to the FCS football semifinals. My Bearcats, Sam Houston State, knocking off the three-time defending national champion, North Dakota State. Bison Um, didn't look good there for a little bit when they returned to (laughs) – the the kickoff and punt for a touchdown back-to-back. I was uh, I was, I was having my doubts. But Bearcats pulled it off, keep the Bowers' undefeated home record alive. And why did they pull it off, Rob? They pulled it off because of their defense, Rob. That defensive line filled with Division One bounce backs, best defensive line in FCS football, I can say that comfortably, having watched a lot of Sam Houston games and very little of anybody else. That's a great defensive line. It is a really good defensive line. They are they've got some monsters up there. Secondary, solid too with the McCollum twins, uh, with the McCollum twins back there. Now they're both healthy. Secondary's better than it was. Uh, and Isaiah Downs making some big plays the last couple of weeks. Uh, shout out to him in the secondary. He's been kind of rotational player. Kind of been a rotational player all year. He's come up huge in the postseason. So, like I said, the defense is why they're here. So, when Sam Houston takes on James Madison this week, I feel pretty comfortable betting the under 47 points here. Not just because of Sam Houston's defense. I'm going to give you a little inside scoop here, Rob. Give you a little inside information here. So, you know, uh, if you watch Sam Houston, which you have in the postseason, and if you watch him in the regular season, you notice a difference in the offense. The offense ain't crisp. It ain't. It, it's not happening like it happened in a regular season. Eric Schmidt has got a little, little shoulder problem, a little, little uh, nook and cranny right there. Something's uh, something's bothering him. I, I, something's bothering him in the shoulder. It ain't that right shoulder. That throwing shoulder ain't right for Eric Schmidt. Notice some of his biggest plays against North Dakota State were running the football, not throwing it. Notice Jaquez Ezard has been nowhere to be found so far in this postseason. A deep threat. Because outside of that one deep ball to Ife a day, Eric Schmidt can't throw the deep ball right now. I like the under 47. Not just because of Sam Houston's defense, but mm-hmm. Eric Schmidt's shoulder ain't, ain't quite been right since the Incarnate Word game. So I'll give you a little, little inside. A little there's a micros uh telescope side information.
0: <laughs> uh good, thank you. No wonder because I watched that game against North Dakota. State. I said, Boy, throw the ball, throw. He kept running. I said, Oh, he think he big back up. <laughs> so I was like, All right, the offense ain't doing that. So I had the over on that game for some odd reason, but I got excited when North Dakota State only had negative one yard on offense, but they had a punt and a kick return, they had and they had a safety
1: and they had all their points draw on specialties.
0: So I was like, they "All mean, right,
1: was pitching a sun out for three quarters."
0: <laughs> I was like, "Okay, they got some here." Then By they the sharing,
1: Houston alumnus. I was
0: <laughs> you were angry. I was
1: flabbergasted.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Wait, what? What am I watching right now?" That's what I said. But okay, all right, that makes sense. Why he was taking off running? Let's stick to that game. I'm a, I'm going to jump one pick down. Um I got Sam plus plus 1. I think you mentioned that defense. The defense is very it's very key to this matchup. Yeah. Can they get to the quarterback? Can they get can they disrupt James Madison football team? I don't know that last guy. Please help.
1: Me. Uh, the Dukes.
0: The Dukes. The Dukes. The Dukes the Dukes can they disrupt the Dukes and you mentioned the secondary you mentioned the linebacker who was really acting a fool uh versus North Dakota State that's going to be the key it's going to go down to the wire it's going to be just like how it was last week go up, they were at the 13 yard line and um you know Sam Houston stood their own uh three and I had, well, four and I had, really and then, uh they they captured the victory 24 to 20 I, I kept my on the game. I was praying that North Dakota State scored so I can get this over. But anyway, that's another <laughs> story for another day. That's another story for another day. But Sam Houston, their defense will have to win this game. Like you said, starting QB has a little shoulder strain, has a little shoulder strain, but he a little icy hot and a little IV shot. He be all right, but I still don't think he can throw.
1: So the thing, so. You could tell the first playoff game who were the what was the team there Monmouth in the first mm-hmm. Monmouth Monmouth in the first playoff game. You could tell it wasn't quite right with him. You could you could tell it wasn't quite there. And they played on a Saturday, and they turned around. And they had they didn't play till North Dakota State till Sunday, so with that extra day. I thought, okay, maybe it will be a little healthier this time out. Really didn't see it. Uh, really didn't see it with him. So now coming back. Only having six days now getting the day taken away. Mm-hmm. But Madison on Saturday. I'm having my doubts. I'm having my doubts about it. So I'm gonna go. Let's stay on this game because we both got more picks on this game. So I uh, we'll we'll just both jump to our locks here. Okay. Um, let's we'll both jump to our locks and we'll go back to our other two. Um so my lock of the week. So part of this is just me knowing what happens to Sam Houston in these games. And part of this is emotional insurance. Mm-hmm. I have James Madison minus one yeah. against Sam Houston. On the road, Bearcats have never lost a home playoff game. Head coach Casey Keeler across three different schools has never lost a home playoff game. Um, And the defense has been absurd this year. But, Rob, I was there on that December night in 2016 when James Madison ran into an undefeated Bearcats team that was up until now the most dominant team I'd ever covered in any sport. I mean, Uh the average halftime score was like 45-7 to for Sam Houston games that year. Uh I watched Sam Houston with Jeremiah Briscoe, the Walter Payton Award winner, walk in there, and Briscoe had a separated shoulder, a shoulder injury. Uh Mm-hmm. And get beat by the Duke 65 to 7. When you see that, you can't get that out of your head. And now we're playing James Madison again. Quarterback's got a little dinged up shoulder over there. Dan oh. Houston's undefeated. Feels like history's repeating itself right here. I like James Madison here. I also. Let's throw that North Dakota State game. Sam Houston, if their offense was humming at the level it was humming in the regular season, mm-hmm. I would have the Bear. I think the Bearcats would win. I I honestly do think they would. But the offense isn't isn't playing that way. And let's be real, North Dakota State, amazing achievement knocking them off. Three-time three defending champs, eight of the last nine years champs. Amazing achievement knocking them off. Trey Lance just drafted third overall. He was supposed to be their quarterback. <laughs> the Raddons, I don't know – I'm not going to try to say his last name. He was offensive lineman, drafted in the second round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think middle of the second round. This is not the big, bad North Dakota State team that's been there in recent years. This is mm-hmm. a little completed version. And Sam Houston went right down to the wire with that version of North Dakota State. Now they're playing James Madison, who for the last five years has been the only team that has been able to stay with North Dakota State at full strength on the field. I just have my doubts, and I was there in person to witness what James Madison did when they won the national championship to the Bearcats. I can't have that can't escape my mind. I'll give me the Dukes minus one. Also, not going to lie, a little bit of emotional insurance here because uh, if Sam Houston wins, I'm going to be happy. But I get a reward if James Madison wins, so uh, that's where we are. But I do like the Dukes. I think. Sam Houston, their offense isn't humming, and James Madison, I think, will present more problems to the Bearcats than what North Dakota State was able to do offensively. Um, so I do like, I think it's going to be a low scoring affair. I do have the under 47. That defense has been really, really good. But I do think James Madison is going to make one or two more plays that North Dakota State couldn't make.
0: I mean, uh, the. To all you Bear fans, I'm sorry, I gotta do this. So, on that game, 65 to 7, um, James Madison had 607 total yards, 251 through the air, oh, sheesh, 356 on the ground.
1: Khalid Abdullah, I remember that, I remember that name, Khalid Abdullah.
0: Yeah, yeah, he had a game, (laughs) anyway, he had a game, anyway. That's 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 2016. Let's move five years. Ahead, all right, Sam Houston, James Madison under 47. Like you said before, it's gonna be a tight, close game. Look, I think Sam is ready to play, they dominated in this spring season. Any other team that I've uh, seen in the stat sheet and I've seen um, on TV, uh, but uh, look. This ain't going to be the game they played. Nickel State and they beat them 71 or something. They ain't going to be ain't <laughs> that type of game. They, they not ready like that. That transfer from Harvard, that wide out there, he ain't ready for all that. Cody Crest,
1: baby. Cody Crest, yeah. baby.
0: Y'all got, got smart. Hey, Sam man.
1: Houston is the Harvard of the Piney Woods.
0: <laughs> Literally. <laughs> but, um, this is This is going to be a big game right here, man. Sam Houston under 47 so are you looking at it like I mean, 23 20 i don't i really don't think both teams gonna score over 20 i don't really I think it's
1: gonna be one i think i think you're right 23 20 i think 24 20 last week with north dakota state i think it's now i don't you know if james madison gets a kick and punt return for a touchdown and just throw our unders out the window um yeah. i do think they will have more success moving the ball than Monmouth or North Dakota State has had, um, but I do think this will be a game run by the defenses. I don't Sam Houston just can't throw the ball right now, yeah. and they're a solid team running the football, but their running game is because they're so good throwing the football mm-hmm. and making the running game better, uh, not the other way around. So that you know it's kind of a double whammy to their offense. They can't really throw the ball right now, without their running game, which has been a pretty high level running game all season it's now a pretty average running game because you can just kind of sit in the box. Um, and I think North Dakota State kind of figured that out. I bet you James Madison's watching the film and they're going to come out saying, hey, let's see if Eric Schmidt can throw the ball. Because um, I guarantee I'm not the only person who knows about Schmidt's shoulder. Uh, <laughs> I can promise you that. Uh, I'm not the only person that knows. Okay. Um, Okay. <laughs> I, I can probably do that. So I'm I'm curious to see. I th- but I think 24 20, 23 20, 24 21. I think that's kind of that's the type of game we're looking at here. Uh, I think it's going to be a cl- I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be very close. But I do think it's going to be lower scoring. Now we can move away from this game, Rob. You think the Bearcats are going to win? Who are they going to be seeing in the uh, in Frisco in, a co- in ten days? From now. I think
0: they're gonna see Delaware, man. I, I you know, this team seven and zero undefeated. This team is a defensive style team. Only Jacksonville State last week in the in the quarterfinals only giving up fourteen points. Sacred Heart ten points. Villanova twenty points. Delaware State fourteen points. This this defense is very stingy. They're very they're very tight. They're very stingy. Last week underdogs. Against Jacksonville State, now it was a little fist of cups. It was a little fight out there. It was a little, was a, a little tussle out there. It was some. It was some uh, anger uh, from both teams, and led to a little little melee, little melee, little little, fight, <laughs> little little fight out there. It's okay, but Delaware held it on underdog, outright won this week coming in against a high team like South Dakota State, who took care of Southern Illinois. Hey, I want to give a shout-out to a uh, former president of Texas Southern, now president of South uh well, uh, S- uh Southern Illinois. Salute to Dr. Lane. I see you out there, man. But anyway, South Dakota State, five-point victory last week. Uh, they they've been dominating too. First round, they beat up Holy Cross 31-3. Uh, South Dakota State took care of North Dakota State 27-17. Look, man, it's gonna be a tight game. It's gonna be it's gonna be to the wire. Both teams are gonna keep it to the wire, and I, I think one one uh, Delaware they are gonna meet Sam Houston in school.
1: I like the. I don't know if I like Delaware to win, but I did see some of that game last week. I think Delaware is pretty damn good. I like the plus eight. Mm-hmm. Um, I think North. I think South Dakota State got a lot of got a lot of play for beating North Dakota State in the Fargo Dome. Mm-hmm. Like I said this isn't the big bad wolf North Dakota state that it has been for the last few years. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think little overvalued South Dakota state. I think Delaware is undervalued. So last week against Jacksonville state, who's always a pretty good team. uh, They went and they really took it to them last Mm -hmm. week. Uh, So I really like the, you know, as far as the game goes, we'll see. Uh, But I love the, I love the plus eight. Also if Delaware does get there against Sam Houston. Casey Keeler won a national championship at Delaware, coaching Joe Flacco.
0: Oh, wow! A little little
1: reunion in the title game. Yeah. Okay. Perhaps a little reunion in the title game if it plays out the way you think. Um, So, yeah, that would be that would be something. So, I'm going to shift things over to the MMA world because that's what I do on this show. Company A, nine days, Rob. Till they're in Houston. Nine days till. Iron Michael Chandler challenges Charles DuBronx Oliveira for a lightweight title in Houston, TX uh, event in June's actually in Phoenix. That's uh, not too far of a drive from where I am right now, so we'll we'll see how the financials look in a few weeks. Um, but switching over to the octagon this week, got a fight night this week. Uh, so it's actually a prelim fight that I can't. I couldn't believe it's a prelim fight for a fight night, but it is. Phil Haas, Kyle Dawkins, two of the better young up and coming guys in the uh, in the middleweight division. Um, I like Phil Haas as a slight underdog plus one oh five against Kyle Dawkins. Phil Haas, he's wrestling background, but a super explosive striker, only lost one fight in his career. I like Phil Haas to go in and to go in there and get the win against uh, to go in there and get the win against Kyle Dawkins. I think he's such a he's such a problem. Um, mm-hmm. he is such a problem with his striking. Uh, he comes from a really good camp, Sanford MMA, where guys like Gilbert Burns and Vicente Luque and Michael Chandler will be challenging for the title next week. Guys like that uh train over there at Sanford MMA. Um, so I like Phil Haas, just the combination of his wrestling, which he's a very good wrestler, with his powerful striking. That's gonna have a little bit of a reach advantage in this fight, but I like, um, I like I like Phil Haas. I think he's I think he's a problem in the middleweight division. I think he's a young up and comer who's gonna be he's gonna be ranked here pretty soon. I think Kyle Dawkins is a solid fighter as well. He's a slight favorite. Reason there's a reason why this line is so close, but I don't think Kyle Dawkins has the he doesn't come from as good of a gym, and I don't think he has a lot, as good competition as Phil Haas. Um, so. I like um, I like Phil Hawes as a slight underdog plus one hundred five to win the fight against Kyle Dacus this weekend.
0: All right, writing that down, I'm putting it down. I need to get on this. I need
1: to go get on. for it, man. This is uh, going to be one of the least hyped fight night cards of the year because of the main event is uh, Mariana Rodriguez against uh, the karate hottie Michelle Robert uh, Michelle Watterson. Uh, mm-hmm. not, you know, two fighters who are known but not someone who you think of usually as a main event. yeah. But there's some good fights on this card. Ben Rothwell is on this card. Uh The Phil Hawes-Kaldakis fight, like I just mentioned.
0: Amanda mm-hmm.
1: Ebas, Angela Hill, two of the more popular female fighters are fighting against each other. Gerger Gillespie, a young up-and-comer, on this card against Diego Fajeda. Uh, Jeff Neal, one of the most exciting fighters in the welterweight division, fight Neil Magny, who – Really had a great year in 2020. He's in the top ten in the rankings now. This is a sneaky good card. You know, the main event is not your typical main event, but there's a, this is a pretty low key. It's a pretty deep card. So I'll be uh, I'll be I'll be very entertained on Saturday between Sam Houston and the uh, and the UFC. I'll be pretty entertained on uh, on Saturday.
0: All right, so I'm going to give my handicapping skills on again. We're going right back to <laughs> right back to FCS football, baby. Let's do it. Get my handicapping skills on. Delaware, South Dakota State. Under 37 and a half. Woo! Ooh. They can't get over 20. That can't. Both teams can't get over 20. Yeah, that's,
1: a, that's a tough one.
0: I like that plus eight. Delaware can – There's a the
1: reason why it's under 37 and a half.
0: Yeah, because both yeah. both <laughs> really – Delaware really don't score a lot of points, and they held they hold their opponents to, you know, lesser than 20 at times.
1: And they and they have a very ball-control offense as well. It's mm-hmm. not – you know, here in Texas, every college team, high school team, everyone runs a spread. Everyone runs no muscle. Mm-hmm. Doesn't work like that in Delaware. <laughs> you know, the South Dakota State, same way. It's not – it's not this spread-up tempo no huddle, so it's like when you see a college basketball game with a really low line. There's a reason it's that low.
0: Yeah. So, uh,
1: so I mean that's the same thing for this game. It's tough to look at and bet that under, but there's a reason it's a uh, there's a reason the line is what it is. Uh, yeah. People making the lines are not stupid. <laughs>
0: no, no, nah. oh no. Nah, nah. Shout out to shout out to everybody out there, William Hill or something. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. That's – it's going to be an under 37 and a half. I think it's going to be a closer game. And uh, it's going to be a nice little battle. We'll we'll meet in Frisco. They're going to meet in Frisco, man.
1: When they're meeting in Frisco, it's pretty cold up there in Frisco in January. This year, it's going to be – whether it's Delaware or South Dakota, it's going to be a little warmer than they're they're accustomed to probably. This spring season has been really just –
0: yeah, this spring season has really been crazy. Uh shout out to I guess Alabama and M for winning the swag um for the spring. Hey. They're talking a lot of noise. Talking a lot hey, of noise. TSU
1: is coming for it next year, right?
0: Oh no, nah, no, nah, don't don't worry, they ain't coming. I seen I seen TSU schedule. I ain't worried about that. Anyway, <laughs> Alcorn State is coming for Alabama and M for the Swag East. But the Swag is getting a lot more people. Um you get to see Florida, uh, FAMU, Florida a and Coach Willie Simmons. Uh, you get to see uh, Bethune-Cookman. They're gonna be pre- uh, debuting in the SWAG. And they're,
1: oh, they're moving from the MEAC? Yeah,
0: they're moving from the MEAC to the SWAG. So uh, the SWAG as a whole is gonna be exciting to see, adding two Florida teams. Uh, so I'm excited to see that, but just wanted to give them kudos from a fellow alumnus from TSU. <laughs>
1: All right, I don't give kudos to any of my rivals. Screw Abilene (laughs) Christian. All right, last pick here for me. We're going across the pond. Manchester City and Chelsea, under two and a half goals when they play each other this weekend. Now, doesn't make sense you think about it at first because it's what? Manchester City, you know, with all the firepower they have and Pep Guardiola managing high-scoring team, Chelsea with the Captain America Christian Pulisic with Timo Werner, a big time signing in the summer, Hakeem Ziyech, Kai Havertz, all these attacking options under two and a half goals. Here's why it's under two and a half. Because if you heard this week, Rob, mm-hmm. these teams will be playing in the Champions League final at the end of the month. Yep. That's three weeks from when they're yeah. playing this weekend. True. I don't think Pep Guardiola or Thomas Tuchel is going to be particularly uh, diverse with their game plans in this one. I think it's going to be a very vanilla game. Both teams are kind of going to be laid back, mm-hmm. knowing that they're playing for much big, I mean, Manchester City's already got the Premier League locked up. I mean, they. I don't know if it's officially locked up, but they've got it locked up. Mm-hmm. Chelsea Chelsea has a little more to play for here because they need to finish in the top four in order to secure a Champions League spot for next year. They can secure it by winning the Champions League, but Man City's a damn good team. Uh beating them is a beating them is a challenge. Um but I think both coaches, knowing that they're playing for bigger stakes in three weeks, you're gonna see a very van I think it's gonna be a very boring game. It's gonna be very vanilla. You're not gonna see a whole lot from either team. Would mm-hmm. Manchester City with their with their squad depth, wouldn't be surprised if they really mess with the lineup and really do some things that they won't be doing in three weeks just so they don't give Chelsea a look so close. Now, they've played each other, I think, three times already this year, so they mm-hmm. haven't seen each other. But I don't think they want to give them a look so close to the next game. Okay. So I'm going under two and a half. So I think both teams are going to be very vanilla uh, this weekend. So that's my that's my little sharp play right there.
0: Locking that down too.
1: And I, I'm a so I'm not gonna lie with the Champions League final. I'm a little conflicted because one yeah. of my futures bets is Man City to win a Champions League, which I do feel really good about. Mm-hmm. But I love Christian Pulisic. He's Captain America. He's the best soccer player. He's the best American soccer player. He's only like 22, 23 years old. He's already the best American soccer player ever. Uh-huh. And I love and I want to see him succeed. It'd be so cool if you know he you know he scores a goal and Chelsea wins the Champions League final. Uh-huh. Like that'd be really cool just for American soccer. So I'm a little conflicted there, but you gotta go with the money. So I am gonna be rooting for City kind of begrudgingly because I want to see young Captain America succeed across the pond.
0: Okay, okay. I like it. I like it. Uh, this week for Futures, we didn't really add anything. Um, Gabe still thinks Deshaun maybe go to Carolina. I still believe he might go to Denver. Hey, hey, you got help.
1: I thought they were going to take Justin Fields, and uh, that would have went out the window.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh. Yeah, yeah, that's a true statement.
1: I I think at this point, I don't know about you. I don't even necessarily think Deshaun is going to Carolina, but – it hasn't not happened yet so yeah. i'll well keep it on the board yeah yeah
0: i don't believe he'll go to denver i, I mean now we both when we made these bets we believe well, yeah, we, we did. Did. these places yeah yeah we did we we yeah. most definitely <laughs> did because we didn't have uh this big lawsuit scandalous this thing was before
1: massage therapist and deshaun watson became synonymous terms
0: um <laughs> uh latest thing about that uh just heard some former players speaking out on that uh yeah, yeah there you go uh so let's move on uh
1: okay so i do want to i'm not putting this down officially yet <laughs> but i'm telling you i will have multiple wagers on this bet okay. i will have multiple tickets on this bet the houston texans under four wins this season they are not winning four games rob I've looked at this roster. They are they have on a roster of 53, they have four and a half good players.
0: Philip Lindsay's the
1: half. Oh wow. Goodness, yeah.
0: not,
1: it's not a size thing. It's, he's a running back and like you, you know, they're paying it, you know, so he's a solid player. I wouldn't say he's not a plus player, but I, I don't know if I'd say he is, so he's the half. I discussed yeah. this with a friend of mine at length. This is a number we came with. <laughs> there, there was thought put into this number. I just <laughs> want to put that out there.
0: Four and a half. Four wins.
1: Four wins. This, Rob, the last two times Tyron Taylor played football, last two mm-hmm. times he was on the football field, the San Diego Chargers against the Bengals this year, we saw Justin Herbert light it up for the Chargers, and we know the Bengals' defense is a garbage can. True. Tyron Taylor scored 10 points. True. Before that, he was at the Cleveland Browns and he was starting ahead of Baker Mayfield. First two games of the season, Browns couldn't find the end zone. Tyrod gets hurt in the middle of the third game, Baker comes in and starts lighting it up.
0: True. True statement. So, and never look back.
1: And now, uh, I mean, he didn't really have a good year in 2019, but <laughs> but anyway, but the point being Tyrod Taylor, people talk about him like he's just – like he. they talk about him like he's Alex Smith or Jimmy Garoppolo where he's this ideal bridge quarterback that's good enough to win you some games and you can't get the number one pick if he's your quarterback because he's too good. No. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying – I think a backup quarterback should be an extension of the coaching staff if you've got a guy as a starter who you're confident in mm-hmm. or a young guy. So he should be an extension of the coaching staff. And with the way coaches speak about Tyrod Taylor – I have no doubt that he is that, and he serves the role of the backup quarterback very well. But when he is on the football field, the evidence is there he is not a good quarterback. (laughs) The bigger problem is he won't have good players around him.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) The even bigger problem is the Texans defense is still terrible.
0: (laughs) Didn't even address it. You you got a D tackle and you got a linebacker that you traded up for. You traded your last two picks in the round, sixth and seventh round, for it. Um, the the Texans. Really went right, and They, really they, should have, went they decent.
1: traded two picks to go get Nico Collins.
0: Yeah, yeah, the wideout from Michigan. Like it's,
1: it's and Nico Collins, I watch. You know, because I like Harbaugh, I watch a lot of Michigan games. He's a solid player. I think he'll have a. I think he will have a career in the NFL. To what success, yeah. I don't know, but I don't think he's going to be an abject bust. Um, yeah. But the Texans have such limited draft capital this year. <laughs> Why would you trade two picks? And here's the but that's not even the worst move. The worst move was drafted Davis Mills. And I said yeah. last week, Davis Mills is a guy I liked of the non-first round quarterbacks. He's the one I take a chance on. So it's not the player I don't like. What I don't like is the Texans are gonna go either 0-17 or 1 and 16 this year, 17 games now. Yeah, they're gonna be horrible. This might be the worst team in NFL history. At least the 0-16 Lions had Megatron. Like this is going to be one of the worst teams in NFL history. So what does that mean? You will be drafting number one overall next year, with the opportunity to get Sam Howell. Meaning, you wasted a third round pick on Davis Mills. So yeah. you're going to be drafting a quarterback next year. Why with your first pick in the draft would you draft a quarterback this year?
0: True statement. Yeah, I, I, I didn't, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't like the pick at
1: all. And it's not a the player, I do like Davis. Yeah. I do. I do like Davis Mills. Actually, I actually wanted to see him go to Tampa. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's someone he didn't play that much in college because he opted out and he had an injury. So I think he's someone who could use some seasoning, could learn behind Tom for a year, maybe two, uh, and then you know get his chance and he'll have a pretty good roster if he had that scenario. Which Kyle Trask didn't get that scenario, so we'll see how it works out for him. But I think like a spot like Tampa would have been very ideal for Davis Mills. He he's set, he's being set up for failure in Houston. This is going to be a wasted draft pick when it's all said and done. And you had no draft capital as it is this year, and you wasted what little you had on a quarterback who's going to make virtually zero impact on the team.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I know we're not an analyzing show, but.
1: So, like I said, under four wins, I will have multiple tickets on that.
0: And uh, you can get those odds at Bovada. Uh, they have a minus one fifteen over four, under four set at for the Houston Texans twenty one to twenty twenty two season.
1: They ain't gonna get. They ain't gonna get four. That they mean, odds, they won know. four games with Deshaun Watson last year. <laughs>
0: What do you think they're going to do with Tyra?
1: <laughs> with the Sean um, and J.J. Watt, they won four games. Right,
0: I'm going to make a
1: bold prediction that even with an extra game, they ain't getting to that. With David That's Cully it. as the head coach, a guy who – here are some notable position units David Cully has, co- has coached in his long tenure as a position coach, never as a coordinator at the NFL level. Remember in 2015 when the Kansas City Chiefs did not have a wide receiver catch a touchdown pass, Rob?
0: That's, yeah, that's pretty much what it's going to be. Yeah, I remember that. Year. I remember that. Year. Can
1: you guess who their wide receiver coach was, Rob?
0: David Cully.
1: Remember two years ago when the Baltimore Ravens were by a wide margin last in wide receiver receptions, wide receiver yards, and wide receiver touchdowns? Are you old enough to remember two years ago when that was the case, Rob? Yeah, I remember. Can, I you, can you guess who their wide receiver coach was that year?
0: Uh, David Cully.
1: And he's the head coach of the Houston Texans who have no talent. Yeah,
0: it's, it's going to be rough. Um,
1: <laughs> so under four wins, I'm not going to put it on the board right now. I was letting you know personally, I will have about 10 different Tickets of this. I think what I'm gonna do is like every paycheck I get, I'm gonna put a certain amount on the under. <laughs> so it's gonna be a roll.
0: Get <laughs> <laughs> you treat it like a stock.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I was at a certain amount is gonna come out of my paycheck and go. I, it's an investment.
0: <laughs> an investment. My goodness. Um, parlay of the week. Uh, I'm gonna go real quickly. Put the NBA. I got an NBA card. That's going to set it off for you guys on this Thursday night. Uh, let's go. Hornets plus four versus Chicago. Chicago sucks. LaMelo Ball is back. Um, this, this young man will win rookie of the year. Uh, they have a great team surrounding him. Uh, Chicago just lost their luster. I think the Zach Levine thing, I, I I still think he could maybe be a nominee for most improved player. But hey, who knows? Uh, <laughs> next, next Mavs. Um, you got Kyrie, you got KD. They need James Harden. I think the Nets, like, he's the most important player, but who knows what's going on with James Harden. Hopefully, you could get him back for the playoffs. And I seen you uh, you coming. I'm going to get to that. Uh, Nets slash Mavs. Uh, you got Luka, you got KP. High scoring team. Great three point shooting team. Over 234 and a half. Lock it down. Washington Wizards. Probably the best team in the second half of the season. Led by Russell Triple Double, Russ and Bradley Bill. they don't have like they have the right supporting cast around those two players. Like they don't have like another big name. They have guys who gonna who gonna get gritty with it. Who gonna get? Not
1: Russell Westbrook's way. That's <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's that's really all they need. And uh, against Toronto, <laughs> Toronto is pretty much they're done but i mean you know they they got a lot of situations going on with Kyrie next offseason anyway uh next game Memphis minus 9 versus Detroit it's Detroit Pistons they suck uh Ja Morant is man just an incredible credible credible rookie oh, excuse me second year player second year player um just incredible guy man just the windmill two hand dunk uh two nights ago i was like yeah this this dude is serious uh last game LA versus los angeles clippers lebron no lebron tonight uh no lebron for thursday night excuse me the under 211 i don't think ad can carry a team by himself i think he needs that he needs a lebron but lebron's ankle is my goodness he said he'll never be 100 percent
1: have you ever had a high ankle sprain before
0: i never had one but i know well, it's, it's
1: i've had i've had the pleasure of having three um <laughs> it's uh now i will, and i think even the most insane lebron fans will admit this where lebron can be a little bit dramatic at times Mm -hmm. i think lebron saying he'll never be 100 again is a product of him being a little dramatic but it's like i said a couple weeks ago when you had the lakers as your futures bet for the championship Mm -hmm. i didn't disagree with you but I said before I would be comfortable with that, I want to see how LeBron plays after an injury. Because remember two years ago he came back from an injury and he was, oh, I'm going into playoff mode now and we're going to make this push. And the Lakers sucked and he shut it down for the rest of the year until, you know, for six months until the following season. Uh So, and LeBron just, and this is a testament to him and how he takes care of his body, he has not had to deal with injuries in his career. He, I mean, he just really hasn't. Um, but as he's getting older, he's doing it with now, he's dealing with it now. And so this is, this is still, this is for his experience as he is, this is new to him. True. This is new to him. So I, um, that's, that's my concern with the Lakers and LeBron. Uh, and as a, that with the high ankle sprain and obviously, you know, I'm younger. So, but I don't have nearly the athletic ability as LeBron, um, uh, but it does, I remember the first time I did it, my doc, you know, I was a freshman in high school. The first time it happened, it happened. My doctor told me it could, you know, he cleared me. And then he said, it's not going to be, it's not going to feel right for three months, maybe even up to 12 months up to a year from now. Mm-hmm. And it was about nine months that it took me to feel right. And in the second and third time it was quicker, you know, it mm-hmm. was a quicker turnaround. I think because my body was more mature, but these high ankle sprains, it just – sometimes it lingers. Uh, sometimes it's – you know, you're cleared to play, but it's not – it ain't right. Like, you just know it's not right when you're yeah. playing. So I think that's – to play a little psychologist slash doctor here. This uh, I think that's part of what LeBron is experiencing right now is a guy who hasn't gone through a whole lot of injuries before, hasn't really had to rehab before. Yeah, and he's coming back, and he's like, "Okay, I'm cleared, but my body ain't right. I think that's where the I might never be back to 100 percent comes from because uh-huh. he's cleared and he doesn't feel right. Yeah. And with that injury, sometimes, like like I said, first time for me, it took nine months.
0: Uh-huh.
1: It took nine months before I felt right on it. Like I could still not eight months later, I could still feel it. I could, and I think that's what LeBron is experiencing right now. And LeBron's just so. Because he takes care of his body so well, I'm sure he's incredibly detail oriented. So uh, that bothers him more than it would bother most people. Because it's like crap that ain't it ain't right. It ain't, you know, it's so it's bothering him. Uh, so that's I'm curious to see how LeBron uh, how LeBron plays in the in the postseason, and maybe he just. Maybe he's just vintage LeBron. I think that's a lot of people are that's what a lot of people are hoping for. Yeah. And you know, obviously you want to see the best players at their best. And uh-huh. LeBron is probably still the best player in the league. He's been <laughs> the best player in the league for the last 14 years. <laughs> yeah. so it's um you know, you want to see the best at their best. So I hope LeBron comes back. I, I hope he's healthy for the postseason, as healthy as he can be. Yeah. Um but I think that's what he's struggling with right now, and that's what I said about your Lakers three hundred thing. I think if if you told me LeBron's just you know you just told me he's healthy, like you told me he's, he's he's all systems go, yeah, I think the Lakers do end up winning the NBA title. I we just haven't seen him bounce back off an injury before, and it's to his credit he has had to do it before. So yeah. and, and so on this Lakers Clippers under two eleven, I thought about putting it in my parlay, and then I stayed away. I, thought, I really thought about it. But I, I was leaning over at first. I remember LeBron is out. And I was like, oh, AD, they really are not a big scoring team. They're more defensive-oriented.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I was just like, that's a stay away for me. I, I lean yeah. the under because they are more defensive-oriented, so I can see this game getting very slow. Um, and with the Clippers, I you just don't know what you're getting. So. <laughs> So here, go over your so go over your part your five leg parlay. Go over it here real quickly.
0: Oh, Hornets plus four versus Chicago. Uh, Nets math over two thirty four and a half. Uh, Wizards plus two and a half versus Toronto. Memphis stand up minus nine versus Detroit Pistons. Uh, Lakers and Clippers under two eleven. And if you put all that down. Uh, that pays out plus two thousand three eighty seven, twenty
1: three eighty seven. So I like. I think this might be the first time this year. I like all these on okay. your parlay here. I like, you know, like you said, Chicago ain't any good. The Hornets got lamelo ball back. They're battling for playoff positioning. They're trying to stay out of that play in tournament. Mm-hmm. Like them as an underdog, Nets, Mavericks, offensive teams that don't play defense. Just give me the over at whatever that number is. Um, <laughs> Wizards, another team battling for playoff positioning there with Toronto, who's kind of out of it. And the Wizards have been playing well lately. I mean, they've, uh-huh. been, they've been winning. Uh Memphis, another team in the West. They they're battling with Golden State for that eight spot. You in the playing tournament, you want to be the eight over the nine. You don't want to be the you, you don't want to be the nine. You'd much rather be the eight. Um uh, uh-huh. so that you know that's where uh you know that uh, that's where Memphis is right now battling for that, and Detroit ain't any good. And Clippers Lakers, I lean. You know that's close to me. I lean under because with with LeBron being out and the Lakers being a defensive oriented team. Uh, so I like that. I like that NBA parlay you got going there. Uh, all right, so I'm I'm kind of jumping around all over the place in my part. but we'll start with some we'll start with some NBA uh, tomorrow night Suns and Knicks. I like the Suns minus six against the Knicks. Knicks have been an awesome story this year, and I want Knicks to be good. Like it's just New York is the mecca of the basketball. League is more fun. Knicks, uh-huh. Lakers, Bulls, those teams are good. League is more fun. Yeah. Um, just that's that's just true. Um, and it, it's been awesome to have them, you know, contending for playoff positioning this year. You know, they're going to be in the playoffs, which is awesome. Uh, but the Suns, they're battling the Jazz for that one seed in the West right now. They're a half game back. Uh-huh. Uh, they're a half game back right now. Chris Paul, in my opinion, is the MVP of the league as much as I love Nikola Jokic, uh, and I love Nikola Jokic. Chris Paul is the MVP of the league, though. He's the most valuable player. No player – outside of LeBron, no player impacts winning more than Chris Paul. Um, Uh So, that's – but I think the Suns battling as a six-point favorite at home, battling for that one seed. I think they're going to come out hot. Um, You know – they're, they want to get that one seed. They'd much rather uh, – because the La- it's looking like the Lakers are going to be 6-7. Now, they're five – one and two in the West are neck and neck with the Suns and the Jazz. Three and four with the Clippers and the Nuggets are neck and neck. They're, I think they're tied right now. Suns uh-huh. and the other are half game within each other. And then Mavericks, Lakers, and Blazers, five, six, and seven, are all within a half game of each other. And uh-huh. the Mavericks own the tiebreaker over – the uh, they own the tiebreaker over the Lakers. So if they end up with the same record, the Mavericks get the nod over them. And then with the um, with the Blazers, Lakers and Blazers play, I think sometime next week, and that decides the tiebreaker in that one. So it's good. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Like, the Lakers could be on the wrong end of two tiebreakers there, which could put them on the bottom half of the bracket. If you're the Suns, probably don't want to play the Lakers in the second round. Um, but I think you just want the one seed because uh, you want – you want home court advantage for as long as you can get it. Uh, mm-hmm. The Suns are playing for like a minus six. Uh, go over to UFC here. Got a few UFC fights. Uh, mentioned this one earlier, Amanda Hebas and Angela Hill. I think Angela Hill is a very popular fighter. Uh, and or I don't think. She is a very popular fighter. Part of that is, um, she, I, she. I don't know if she is the only one, but I know she was the first black female uh, UFC fighter. She was she she was the first one, um, and she got a lot of publicity for that. And she had a winning streak, got herself ranked, uh-huh. got, herself pretty, got herself pretty high up there. Since she's gotten ranked, she's got, and it's no fault of her own. She's gone up against some really good competition, and that's what happens when you get ranked. You get the, you fight all the best people in the division. I Think Angela Hills a notch below that. She's fighting Amanda Hebos this week, a young up and comer. Suffered her first loss in her last fight, dominated the first round before uh, just getting hit with a big shot in the second round, and that's uh-huh. what happened. In the that's what happens in the sport. But I think Amanda Hebas is someone that is on the rise. I think Angela Hill is a solid. I think she's kind of she's kind of she's that stepping stone for you know if you can beat Angela Hill, then you can probably compete with the best of the best. But if Angela Hill's beating you, that means you're probably not ready to be up there yet. Uh, maybe this is where Angela Hill proves that She can get up there, you know, because she, she's kind of taking she's kind of taking her licks when they've. Uh, They've put her in a couple main events against uh, maybe against some people she wasn't ready to face yet. I think Amanda Hibas, young up and coming fighter, like her, minus 185 over Angela Hill. Main event this weekend Michelle Waterson, Mariana Rodriguez. I like, I like Michelle Watterson as an underdog here, plus 170, the karate hottie. Mariana Rodriguez, her last fight fought Amanda Hibas. Hibas dominated the first round. Mariana Rodriguez landed a big shot and into fight. Mm-hmm. I think Rodriguez, getting because Amanda Hebas had a big hype train going into that fight in January. It was on the Conor McGregor-Dustin Poirier card. I think Mariana Rodriguez kind of stolen that hype now. She's got the, uh, you know, there's a lot of buildup behind her. Michelle Watterson, very experienced fighter, been around the game for a long time. The karate hottie, obviously she can stand and kick with you. Got the karate skills, um, but also really good on the ground. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, when Hebas was dominating the fight, it was with her ground game. So I think Watterson is going to be able to more than hold her own with Rodriguez on the feet and eventually be able to take her down and really do some damage on the ground. I like Michelle Waterson as the underdog here, plus 170 over Mariano Rodriguez in the main event this weekend. Uh, then another prelim fight on the card. Hard to believe this guy's on the prelims, but Ben Rothwell on the prelims against Phillip Uh I like Lins as a slight, slight underdog, minus 105 uh Rothwell's a minus 115 favorite and this is just part of my theory and I've gone over it before you get older fighter who's kind of over the hill against younger fighter who's coming up I just go uh-huh. like fighter especially when the odds are close like this I think Linz you know his is going up Rothwell's going down so I'm going Philip Linz here minus 105 to get what would be the biggest win of his career over Ben Rothwell someone who's been a contender in the heavyweight division for a long time Last leg of the parlay. Going to some hockey here. It might be the first hockey bet I've placed on the show. Uh we're making history. <laughs> but uh Pittsburgh Penguins, Buffalo Sabres. I like over six goals, um, plus one ten odds there. For me, it's uh, keeping, you know, keeping up with hockey the little bit. I do the scoring is higher this year. Uh-huh. Four goals are being scored. Pittsburgh Penguins, as always, one of the best offensive teams in the NHL. With Sidney Crosby, who's probably the best player of our generation. People who are our age and diehard hockey fans. Uh, mm-hmm. Sidney Crosby, best player of the generation. Uh, once again, Pittsburgh Penguins are outstanding offensively, and, and team, which usually happens when you're a great offensive team in any sport. Um, so that's the over six goals there pays out plus. Uh, plus 110 odds. So quickly going through it like the Suns minus six against the Knicks, like Amanda Hibas to beat Angela Hill, like Michelle Watterson as the underdog to beat Mariano Rodriguez. I like Philip Lynch at the biggest, you get the highlight win of his career over Ben Rothwell and the Pittsburgh Penguins, Buffalo Sabres going over six goals tomorrow night. That one pays out $3,155. Thanks to, uh, Michelle Waterson, I think plus 170 has a lot to do with the odds being what they uh, what they are. There, you put a little under, you see an underdog in there on the parlay. That really, uh, that really gets juice it up. That that ju- that gets the juices flowing right there. Yeah,
0: um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Check I'm out my be, man, Gabe. Weekend. Say that again.
1: I said, I'm gonna be plenty entertained this weekend. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm,
0: awesome. I'm, uh, I'm I'm sorry right now. I'm sorry to all my shackers right now. I'm having a heated argument about what Albert Pujols could land. If you're not known to the baseball world, Albert Pujols is yeah. designated for assignment with the Angels, which means in baseball terminology, he's getting released.
1: So, okay, so I have a take on this. Okay. The Houston Astros should sign Albert Pujols.
0: All right, Gabe, and that's it for the gambling <laughs> no, listen to my, the you will agree
1: with No, you may not agree with my point, but you will agree with my reasoning.
0: So, Miles Straw is out.
1: Instead of having Taylor Jones come up every so often, have Albert Poole sitting there and have Jordan playing outfield every so often. Here's why. Look at his career numbers at Minute Maid Park.
0: Yeah.
1: The dude sees the train tracks and becomes Barry Bonds.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm not saying start him every day. But have him on the team. I would much rather have him hitting in our ballpark for us than against us. I just believe this with star players, any sport that are aging, which Albert Pujols might be a little bit beyond aging. But any star player who's aging, anyone who is great like that, Uh they can turn it on in spots. Like they can have like those moments they they can they can have those moments where they can still be great. Now they can't be great consistently the way they were in their prime, but they can still be great in spurts, in moments, and that's all the Astros theoretically would be asking Albert Pujols to do. Now, do I think he's going to go to the Astros? Hell no, it ain't that that they're not going to do that, but they should. So. <laughs> So I, I'm, that's probably the dumbest thing you've heard in your arguments about this. But I was just gonna throw my opinion out there.
0: Nah, I, I mean uh, they they're saying get rid of Miles Straw, move him out of the outfield. I'm mean, pretty much what you said. Like
1: uh, Miles Straw the only center fielder on the roster.
0: Yeah, I don't know. They, I I guess put Jordan in the outfield and but
1: make the R. R. and then sporadically playing the outfield. I want him DHing.
0: Yeah, Yes. So. But,
1: Poole, um, you know, I mean, but you got like Chaz McCormick, Taylor Jones, guys like that. Who's the, the infielder? Rivas or something? Yeah. Rojas. Rojas Garcia. Or yeah. Gar- yeah. Oh, Robel Garcia. That's who. It, Robel mm-hmm. Garcia. Just have our pools on the bench instead. Every few yeah. days he can give Yuli a break at first base.
0: Possible landing spots according to CBS Sports.com. I haven't seen the odds yet. I'm trying to find the odds. Uh, One Chicago White Sox, two Cincinnati Reds, three Cleveland Indians, four the New York Yankees, and five uh, St. Louis Cardinals, and six right off to the sunset in retirement. So we'll get to that. Like, we're,
1: we're, I, ever, I want to see him in a Yankee uniform just because I know he'd hit three home runs in a playoff series against us. Um, White Sox makes sense because they've been having some injuries in their life. The White correct. Sox has quite a bit of sense. Yeah.
0: We'll get to those odds next week. And as far as my go, this is the gambling shack. Uh, uh you can follow uh, follow me on Twitter at Robo robbohead jr. Follow my man Gabe at G underscore Myers thirty three. And this has been the gambling shack. I always remember, people, happy ben